Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. The Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Real people, real conversations. I am pumped to be part of Have the Conversation. Hey guys, it's Kala. I've anxiously been waiting to share this episode with you. See, last month, I went behind Leanne's back, staged a fake meeting, and surprised her with a one-on-one for her birthday. No big deal, right? See, here at Have the Conversation Network, we have a little thing called the scary list. It consists of the projects we're nervous about tackling and the people we're just downright scared to ask to have the conversation with us. The truth is, Leanne took a risk on me when she agreed to join forces to create a safe space to have conversations, learn, heal, grow, and laugh a little bit. Having someone next to me who pushes me to be better in every area of my life means more to me than I could ever say. So I thought if she could take a risk on me, I should take that same risk. So I reached out to the number one spot on Leanne's list, silently cringing every time she mentioned the scary listing conversation, and it more than paid off in the form of Adam Schaefer from Mind Pump. Keep in mind, Leanne thought she was attending a meeting on monetization opportunities for the podcast and was completely blindsided. The universe delivered more than once, though, during our conversation with Adam, and what you're about to hear is a first-hand listen into podcasting from someone we look up to and admire and who's making a massive impact in the health, fitness, and podcasting industries. It's a moment we're never going to forget. Thank you so much, Adam. Please come back and talk with us anytime, and happy birthday, sis. I love you. Oh, and one more thing. Here's a message from all the guys at Mind Pump. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Leanne. Happy birthday, Leanne. Happy birthday, Leanne. Happy birthday, Leanne. First of all, happy birthday. Happy early birthday. To who? To you. Why? I want you to meet somebody. (laughs) Hey, Adam. Oh, my God. I'm not trying to cry in front of Adam first time. (laughs) Hi, Adam. How are you? Oh, my God. So rumor has it, I'm, I'm helping you guys. Uh, I'm a media company helping you guys know your business right now. Is that, that what we're doing? That is what you are, I guess. My mind's blown. Uh, oh my gosh. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> awesome. Oh yeah. my God. I'm <laughs> so thankful that you did this, Adam, so much. Of I'm course. Kala, by the way. Thank yeah. you. Nice, nice I'm to Leanne. Officially- yes, nice to officially meet you both. <laughs> oh my Big God. time long-term fan over here, Adam. Uh, <laughs> we were yes. talking about you this morning, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I actually it kind of comes up every podcast episode somehow. So, so give, me, give me a little four one one on you guys and what you guys do before we get into the interview. I'm curious. Yeah, okay. for sure. So I started the podcast in 2018. Genuine need for connection in my life. Kind of looked around the table and realized that not everybody, um, everybody looked like me. Actually, um, I didn't have a, lot, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of um, different viewpoints, and I needed some help. So. I just kind of started from the corner of my garage after my kids went to bed and just started like reaching out to people and and having conversations. A lot of it was in the cannabis space in the beginning. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I've learned that we have a lot in common, actually. I've I've known (laughs) that you were going to be coming here. So Uh, yeah, no, we could talk about this stuff all day long. Right. So So then um, I got burnt out trying to do it all myself and realized like put it on the table for a little bit. And then I asked Leanne if she would join me and she did. And here we are. So, so Leanne, what's your background? So what did you do? So my background's in training, actually, I'm a personal trainer. 
<laughs> so we can talk about that all day too. I'm sure. Yeah, well, hey, personal training. <laughs> you do. We, that's my thing. So we yeah. can go anywhere on those two subjects. Yeah. So you, you got the training background. How long were you a trainer for? I've been a trainer for almost 10 years now and I'm NASM certified. And, and actually it was my fiance now, but um, my boyfriend at the time that introduced me to y'all's podcast. And ah. I've got all the, I've got all the programs, all my clients are priming. Um, they're all wearing their, you know, yeah. fits and stuff. And it's all thanks to you guys. It, you guys have totally transformed how I train myself and my clients. So I, I cannot thank you enough. <laughs> so good. Well, I mean, literally you are, I think the, the true avatar that we thought about when we started to create mind pump, it was kind of scratching our own itch. And if, you know, if I was a new trainer, coming into the space, like what kind of content would I think I like to consume? And mm -hmm. we knew that obviously uh, the information and science-based stuff that we provide would be important, but then also enough entertainment that I would keep coming back, you know, that keep me coming yeah. back. That was part of the formula that we try to piece together. So yeah, you were the type of person who we had in mind when we thought, that, okay, if we can reach all the trainers, then by proxy, we'll reach all these clients, hopefully. Yeah. So <laughs> luckily we've kind of attracted so. Oh, that's so cool. That's yeah. Awesome. Honestly, he's part of, the, so my fiance is like three years younger than me. And it was kind of just like one of those things like, oh, he's cute, but I don't know. And then once I started <laughs> listening to my pump, I was like, ah, <laughs> he knows his shit. Because <laughs> he had been a listener for a couple of years. So, no, you know, it's really rare. It happens that way. So we get the most common is uh, the wife or the girlfriend is, is the, the fan, the listener. Yeah. And then she's always trying to get the the boyfriend or the husband to listen. And it's, and we love when we do live events, always, we always meet the poor husband. Who's like been drugged along. <laughs> he's like a super fan. And he's just like, Oh, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah, like, cool. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah. But then they meet us and like, oh, okay, these guys are kind of cool. They're down to earth. Like, mm -hmm. and, and then, then the guys end up listening after that, but normally it's that the other way around. So you got a good one. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so t and then the, the weed background, were you a farmer? Were you like into, what were you doing? I was just looking struggling. for, I was a struggling mother. <laughs> you know, I'm the memes that you and Sal post all the time of like, you know, in the mom groups, so the mom smoking the joint, that's me. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was just desperate. I'll be completely honest. It's not a cute story. It's not a fun story. It's, I was needing help and, and cannabis provided it. And so I kind of inserted myself into the industry a little bit um, okay. with, with some influencers. I hate that term, but you know, people in the industry and started to just learn their stories and learn more about it. And we recently just partnered with a company out of Canada and we're telling veterans stories um, and their cannabis and plant medicine journeys. So that's what we're doing right now and here on mm -hmm. HTC. Ah, very cool. So is that how you guys monetize? So are, is you sell products that are related to cannabis? Not yet. <laughs> we're so new. We are so okay. new and that's why we look to you guys. <laughs> um, yeah. Part of the reason why Leanne even agreed to join me on this is because she's been such a fan of y'all's. Uh, she was just like, if they can do it and they're friends, like I'm gonna, she, she trusted me and I she's don't like, know those, why. Those dummy, if those dummies can figure it out, <laughs> those I dummies can figure stuff. it out, I can figure this out. I'm a... <laughs> but, but mainly, I mean, our whole podcast is centered around mental health and wellness and we say everything in between just so we're not pigeonholed, but um, it is all one piece, right? The, the mental health health comes with the physical health and, and vice versa. And um, I mean, that that's what we're trying to kind of get across to people, whether it's, you know, veterans using cannabis for PTSD, or it's just like the normal people just trying to figure out how to feel better 
just to kind of spread the word on different ways to help feel better mentally and physically. Live a good life, right? And it all happens through talking to people and hearing about it. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you guys what direction to go in this podcast, but feel free to get into the kind of, you know, one thing that happens when I get interviewed sometimes is I get people that actually have all these like real personal questions related to their business they want to ask me, but then they're like, oh, we need to appeal to our audience and like, ask audience type questions. Yeah, feel free to drive me in any direction that you guys want and take advantage of us hanging out because so kind. I will share whatever, yeah, whatever you guys want to know about the business side and what it's been like scaling mind pump. Yeah, well, how? How did y'all start monetizing? Like, what was the, what was your first step? As far as advertising? Just in general. Oh, monetizing. monetizing. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's actually a really good question. A really good place to start with asking me because we uh, strategically waited a really long time to monetize. Now, I say that, and it's uh, obviously sounds like a place of privilege, right? That we were in a place that we didn't have to monetize. We had built other businesses outside, so we didn't need... Uh, the income at first, we were all still doing other jobs while we're still trying to build the the, uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we had so Sal and Doug had created Maps and a Balk, which is the number one selling program of all the programs that we have. It's the original. They had that done, ready to go, ready to be sold before Mind Pump even started. Wow. In fact, uh, Doug and Sal went through some internet marketing stuff, and they had actually put some things out there, sold a few programs on their own. And Sal and I met. And at the same time, I was building a social media presence with the intention to sell an app that Justin and I were building. So Mm -hmm. Justin and I were trying to gamify fitness through this app, and I was pumping money into it. He was kind of the tech guy managing the engineers. And the idea was, okay, he'll handle all the tech stuff and the details of building the app. My job was to go out and build an audience so we had somebody to introduce it to, potentially sell it to. Mm. and sal and i talk about marijuana here so sal and i actually ironically met on facebook communicating about marijuana so we had yes right i met some of my best friends that way i get it (laughs) so what was so i think ironic about it back then was this we're talking like this is like eight this is well before mind pumps this is like eight eight years ago or so and in the training space marijuana was still pretty taboo like there wasn't any fitness people really touting the benefits of marijuana yet and i was already you know knee deep in it with uh, the cannabis clubs that i was running i was actually a master grower i taught myself how to do all this stuff and so i was in the thick of it and sal was doing a ton of research because he had a mother-in-law that was dying of cancer mm-hmm. so I all and we had mutual friends who had told us about each other. Like I had heard for many years from some good friends, people I respect a, a ton, saying, "Oh, you got to meet this Sal. You guys are just alike, and you guys would hit it off." And I could just see you guys doing something great. So I had heard that for years, and so did he. Wow. And we just never got around to connecting, and then actually just connected on Facebook one day, and it you know he slid in my DMs and started like messaging me about marijuana and stuff. And then we, that was most of the conversation for like a few months. And then it was kind of like, Hey, so what are you up to? And I was like, Oh, well, you know, my buddy, Justin and I were building this virtual app and we're trying to uh, gamify fitness and I'm building a social media presence. I just turned on my YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Like that's the reason why we connected on Facebook then was because I didn't have one before that because (laughs) I, I was like, anti-social media guy yeah, I, I, I come that. from yeah I come from the generation that would didn't use it that much and I used to have this thing where people would ask me about it and I'd be like I don't need virtual friends I have real <laughs> friends you know, that's what I used to say like, that was my thing right so totally naive 
had no idea the potential of what it could do later on figured that all out and said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna turn all this stuff on and see if i can build an audience so that is the the original way we all met and then what happened was sal sends me over a kind of a demo and a sales pitch to maps anabolic and i watch it and i love it and and i love it because of the message that was behind it it was very uh counter to what was being presented in the fitness space at the time and it was in my opinion the right message that more people needed to hear and i was like this is brilliant and i said can we get together i said can you guys come to my house and uh, meet up he says yeah can i bring my can i bring doug with me i said sure i said i wanted to bring my friend justin with me and we can all just let's just meet we had nothing we had no intentions of building anything it was just four people who had a bunch of ideas that were kind of similar and we saw we saw uh, we aligned a lot and so we got in this room in my house first time ever all meeting and it was just fireworks i mean it was <laughs> everyone bah, 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 fire back i mean like four hours went by and it felt like it was 15 minutes and there was just not a breath was taken between everybody I, absolute chemistry and doug piped in one point and said uh, hey we should put this on a podcast and at that time, I knew of this, the podcasting space as far as how it was growing, but I actually thought it was like like starting a radio show. I assumed that we needed a network and sponsors and lots of money to get going. And Doug's, Doug kind of laughed at me and was like, no, he's like, I have the gear at my house. We could do it on Saturday. <laughs> and we all looked at each other like, really? Like, okay, let's, let's try this and let's see what happens. And we did, we got going. Uh, fell in love with the idea of it right away. And we, we did have the foresight to know that, okay, we may like this idea. We may be seeing a few people listening to us, but let's not make the mistake of trying to sell our audience something right away. And that's just, that's, that's like sales 101. And we all have sales backgrounds, right? Like the last thing you want to do, like I used to teach my trainers this, someone walks in the gym, the easiest client to sell personal train to is the lady who walks to the front desk and says, I'm looking to buy a personal trainer. Yeah. The worst thing that one of my trainers could do is to just open up the book and say, how many sessions do you want? I would mm -hmm. teach them like, don't do that. That person's already an interest buyer. They're going to buy for you. Take your time, do a full assessment, build value in what you provide them, and then sell them a year's worth of training or a bigger package. And so it's basic sales, right? To understand the, the, the idea that we need to provide tremendous value before we start to ask for anything in return. So even though we had anabolic ready to sell, and this podcast was kind of slowly growing week over week, month over month. And we were having a little bit of success. We still knew like, okay, let's not try and sell anything. And the goal really was, can we get to a place where we are providing so much value that people are trying to give us money? And that's literally what happened. It got to a place where people were now, mind you, this is a hundred episodes plus later. So we've right. done a hundred plus episodes and now we're starting to get emails and messages on Instagram that are saying, oh my God, you've changed my life and you helped my mom, you saved this. You, I mean, just telling us these great stories and saying, I, where can I give you money? Do you have a Patreon? Do you have anything I can buy to support what you're doing? I want to show you my appreciation for everything mm -hmm. you've given to us for free. And we didn't just get one or two of these. This started to become a regular occurrence every day. We are getting this. And so the way we looked at it was, okay, if there's people that are just trying to give us money for nothing in return because they already feel like we've provided so much value, now we're at a place that we can offer something 
to sell to them and probably have a, a pretty legitimate business. And since we knew we were providing something that we thought was even more value, it should be a pretty easy conversion. And that's exactly what happened was we waited about a year and a half after we had got lots of these at messages. We decided to put turn on. And by the way, it wasn't like we turned it on and all of a sudden we were millionaires overnight. You know, I, I remember months went by before we even got to a place where we sold one program a day, you know, one program a day divided by four owners. That's it's encouraging to hear. Actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there, it was, a, it was a very, it was a very, you know, honestly, still to this day, um, if you were to go back and, and so six, six and a half years now, if you were to go back and, and actually break down or chart a graph of what the success of the, the pocket, it's a, it's been the exact same steady slow really? climb since day one yeah it's just consistent kind of, yeah just consistent growth a little bit uh every single week every single month and has been doing that since we started and now of course that's compounding when you're three four five years deep and so we've we've done a lot and we've built a lot since then but that was really the uh the beginning of monetization and that was the way we decided when is the right time to do it well the right time in our opinion was when the podcast had provided so much value that people wanted to give us money, then we thought, okay, if I sell them a shirt, I sell them a program, I sell them anything, they're going to feel good about, uh, you know, spending money with us. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly that. And probably took, I would say it took um, six months to a year, somewhere in that time, when the first big milestone, milestone, the milestone, <laughs> the first big milestone of, for me was when we actually sold one program every single day and had no blank days, right? So we wow. had a month by when there was somebody buying one program from us at minimum a day, that was like the first like, okay, we're catching momentum now where we can actually guarantee that there's someone buying. Now, you know, hundreds of programs are sold every single day. And we have all kinds of different streams of income that are coming in. And uh, it's much, much bigger than that. But yeah, we waited a long time before we decided to turn on the monetization. How has it changed since the very beginning for you guys, like internally? A lot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of the things that uh, I'm also very proud of that my, my co-founders and myself all thought of this from the beginning was, we didn't want to be, we didn't want to be the brand. Like we didn't want to, which is kind of opposite of what you see being taught right now. Like everyone talks about like, you know, you need to be your brand. And we actually were kind of the opposite. We, we knew it, we, it was a necessary evil at the beginning. Like we have to be the face of the brand. We had to do all YouTube videos because we couldn't afford to pay other people to do those things. <laughs> right. And, 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 the, and all that people knew was us at the beginning. And still to this day, you know, nobody can get on my YouTube channel and draw more views, more comments, more likes, more shares than one of us owners doing it. So it doesn't matter yeah, how yeah. many trainers I've hired to come do it and how talented, smart, good looking, whatever they are, people still want you. And that's part of it. But we also knew that we didn't want to be tied to that. I mean, our, we had a much bigger vision. Like we wanted to build a company that we could all remove ourselves from and then it would continue to uh, continue to turn. Right. So. That what, so as we've scaled, we've always scaled ourselves out. So the minute that the YouTube channel was generating enough income and revenue that it was basically at least paying for itself, videographer, editor, uh, occasional guests of trainers coming on there, we instantly removed ourselves. We go, okay, let's get off. Let's get off of it. And, and there was growing pains. Where I was going to say, was that hard to do? Yeah, yeah. Not hard from an ego point. Like we were, yeah. we couldn't wait to get off of it. Yeah. Point, right. Yeah. Like it was, it was challenging because we saw a dip and it wasn't doing as well. So that was a bit frustrating. Um, 
but that we've done that with every department in this business. So every, there's at one point there was a, a department that was an idea that we started to test it ourselves, one of us, and then they, we would build it up. And then once it's generating an, at all decent revenue, mm-hmm. instead of putting that in our pockets, we instantly look to hire it out, hire and delegate out and scale out of the business. And so that's what I would say has changed the most in this business since the beginning is that as it's continued to get bigger and bigger and bigger, we've actually removed ourselves further and further and further out of the podcast. And in fact, the story I share whenever I get interviewed, when people, a common question I get is like, when was that moment? Like when, like you knew, like, you know, like this, you've got something. We like, made it. <laughs> yeah. Like you made it right. When was your, your made it moment in the business, right? Was it a dollar amount? Was it this? I have a very uh, vivid memory of when I felt that personally, the mm-hmm. other guys may be different, but for me, uh, there was this moment where, um, so our customer service is actually ran by my sister. She works behind the scenes as That's customer cool. service. She fields anywhere between 75 to 100 emails every single day. These are people that are going through our programs and have questions. Oh, I don't understand this, or my knee hurts, blah, blah, blah. And she takes that. We have software that we're, that, uh, HubSpot, that we're building towards AI so that when she answers questions and we will specifically make a video or write something for that person. She makes templates that automates the process and makes it smoother. Well, a lot of times she references something that one of us hosts say on the show. Well, she gets this lady one day who says, uh, and she's, this lady has bought, I think four or five of our programs. So she's already spent 300 plus dollars with us. And uh, she asked a question, I think it was referring to knee pain or something. And my sister is referencing something that I had just said on the podcast, like the day before, like, oh, well, Adam said, blah, 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 blah. And the lady goes, who the hell is Adam? (laughs) For me, that was the moment that I knew like, oh, okay, this is cool because this person has spent this much money with my company and they have no clue who I am. And that was a very powerful moment for me. because Testament to the product, right? Like that's that's huge. That's right. Right. It was now bigger than us, which was always the mission for us. None of us ever desired fame. Uh, None of us wanted to be the lime in the limelight. We wanted to build something that provided tremendous value to people uh, that was closest to emulating what it would be like to be trained by one of us and, and provide that without us having to be the people taking care of it all the time. And I feel like we took a couple of years, but we achieved that. And it truly does. Like I, um, I was a competitive swimmer in college. And so all I knew was overtraining and just hours in the gym and in the pool and running and all of it. Um, and there's no kind of in between you, you graduate and they don't teach you how to work out like a normal person who has a full-time job. And so I thought to stay in that shape, that's what I need to keep doing. And I did it for four years and I ran myself into the ground and wasn't getting progress. I mean, you guys talk about it all the time. My metabolism slowed down. I was just in that like cycle spitting my wheels and it was maps anabolic that got me out of it. I was like, I'll buy the program. I'll test it on myself. And if I like it, I'll, I'll have to totally revamp how I train all my clients. Cause I was training them the same way. Um, and so it does, it's, it's made it, it's changed my life and, and all of theirs too. That's exactly like, cause someone, someone that might know what MAPS Anabolic is, it's a very basic full body routine that are the, the old school basic compound lifts. And at face value, if you're a trainer and you understand lots of exercises, someone might open it up and be like, well, this is so basic and simple. Mm-hmm. But that was the brilliance of when, when Sal 
sent that over to me, it, I, that my experience is exactly the same as yours is that you are actually way more common than the opposite is that, that we all have this tendency to overreach and trainers also have these bad habits of all creative exercises and basing it all off of intensity and how much you sweat and burn. And over the decades of training, I started to piece together that it's not the most creative. It's not the most intense workout that is the most effective for my clients. It was the most effective exercises and the appropriate dose for them. And more often than not, it was significantly less than what I was applying and what they were applying to themselves. And anabolic to me, either that, that two day or three day routine was full body was the answer for most people. And when I looked at the landscape, as far as social media and all the influencers that were, you know, touting their latest fitness program that they have none of it looked like that it reminded me of the programs i created when i was in my early 20s where all the creative fun exercises and stuff that's going to make you sweat and burn and and they were all yeah it looked cool right but it wasn't as effective and so we knew that if we could just deliver and that's why the podcast was so instrumental to the success of the business because i don't know if we were just a digital marketing company without the podcast, if maps and if maps anabolic or maps products in general would have been that successful, we needed the podcast to communicate in long form. Uh, the reason why this program is going to be so successful for you, because the average person probably would just look at it and be like, Oh, this is lame. I've seen these exercises and move right. on. We I had tried to com- these already, right? We had to communicate that message on the podcast, 900 different ways. Yeah. So people uh, get it. And then when they, then we knew once they followed it, they would get them to trust us. Then they'd see tremendous results. And then of course that always sells everybody is once they see the results. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So do you guys get burned out? No, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that's, and it's the honest to God truth. And I, I'll be, I would tell you right up. And I, the day we do is the day, you know, we disappear because oh. uh, I think that we, we have built this up that we have the, we, we could, right. We could walk away from the podcasting and the responsibilities that we have, but it, I just, we just had that. We were just talking off air just two days ago about this. And another thing I love about my, my, my co-founders, like a bunch of mushy guys out, off. So yeah. <laughs> we act like a bunch of tough dudes, but then text each other, all this like sweet, emotional stuff. Love like, you, man. <laughs> like we do hundred percent text each other. Just like I literally can scroll on my phone right now. The last text I sent Sally the other night was, exactly that and just appreciating uh our our friendship our business relationship our vision in this and i i can truly say that you know almost seven years of doing this i'm as excited about what we're doing and coming to work today it, more than i was on the first and everybody knows how exciting it is at the beginning when everything's yeah. new yeah you're just getting started and you have lots of hope and energy and excitement it's you're at your all-time high and every other business i've started there's always been this kind of arch and it eventually does dip down and it takes a lot of discipline to keep it going and it hasn't man it's been uh it's been a fun it's been a very fun and uh exciting and not doesn't mean it hasn't been challenging there's been lots of challenges and and plateaus in the businesses and small setbacks and uh disagreements and all that stuff but man it's been such a fun ride and even today like i come to work just as excited to get here and it never gets old and it never, and people go, how do you do like episodes, that many episodes without running out of content? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's really similar to what being, a, when you've been a personal trainer, like you have for a long enough time, 
you how many times have you communicated the same message you've just communicated it a thousand different ways right yeah Yeah, i mean you may you may communicate the benefits of strength training to susie tom richard mary all four different ways same Mm -hmm. message that you're trying to get across but you say it in four and that's the podcast is literally that is that we know the core things that we need to teach everybody and we know not to go too far and deep in the weeds like you see some people do stick to the things that we know are going to add the most value to their lives and communicate it a thousand different ways. Mm -hmm. And not only do we just keep doing that, but then we also, we also refine our messaging. Like if I, like I cringe when I listen to an episode, like before, you know, 500, like anything totally is like, Oh my God, so embarrassing and (laughs) cringeworthy. So yeah, you know, not, not only are we repeating and refining, but we're getting better at our craft and, and learning media uh, along yeah. the way so man, it's it's it hasn't come close to getting old it just gets more exciting every day what do you find the most challenging out of all of the out of all the hats you wear at mind Pump? okay so the most challenging thing and that this may change right as far as sure. like what, what at what period but what right now i would say this this where we're at size wise the hardest thing is actually to what to say no to mm-hmm. so you work so hard to get to a place where we're at, where we've got a lot of things working well for us and a lot of things scaling and doing good. And one of the great things about all the hard work that we had put in the previous, you know, two decades, if you include all the training, you know, that we've put in is that stuff, it starts to snowball and like stuff starts working really well and all this good. And we start attracting people that want to be a part of it and want to help us out and we'll have ideas that we can do together with them and before you know it you've got all these great opportunities and it's it's knowing what to say no to and and staying very focused on the things that are 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 going to deliver you the most return and return doesn't always necessarily have to be money it's just what i want out of the business and sometimes that is fulfillment sometimes that's time and sometimes that's money and you and when you're when you're making those decisions, the hardest thing is to know, like, because I don't sometimes it's just a, a shot in the dark. I think this is the right way to go. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So and there's a lot of that right now. There's you know, there's not a day one that goes by that one of the founders doesn't walk in and say, hey, I've got this great opportunity, you know, <laughs> or this great idea. Like we are, you got four visionaries and have reached this height of success. It's, it's, there's a plethora of it and okay. something that hindered our growth probably three years ago or so, I'd say when we were at the peak of this was recognizing that, you know, when it first started to happen, we were like, you know, squirrel, bird, <laughs> yeah, you know, and then we all kind of looked at each other and thought, okay, we spent the last six months not really accomplishing anything we already know based off of what we've proven in the previous years had we done x y and z the business would have made this much more money we would have been that much more successful but instead we chased all these other ideas and look where we're at now and so we've had to learn that lesson uh many times over and it still is one of the most challenging parts of the business today is seeing all these opportunities and and then also not missing out on something that could be really great. Right. So you don't want to say no to everything and be like, Oh, we're good. You know, we know what we wanted. And then, and not, so I'm always taking meetings. I'm always exploring the potential of other ideas. And so that takes up a lot of my time. um, And then knowing like, okay, this is a good one or this one isn't. And I think we're, 
I think where we've gotten the best at is being able to see the ones that require the least bit of our time in order to implement into what we're already doing. Because anything that takes or robs our time is, is inevitably going to take from something else. We all have so many things going on within the business that, you know, it's maybe something that someone tells me, oh, this will only take an hour of your day a week or something. And it's like, okay, that sounds like hardly anything, but my day's already filled up with stuff. So <laughs> Yeah. I'm, if you, you take an hour from there, you're taking it from somewhere. So where is it going to give, you know? Yeah. How did that process start with you guys finding your partnerships and sponsorships and all that? Also another one of my favorite things to talk about. So <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> give me layup right now. Give me layup. So I, was, I was super pumped about this one. So um, another thing we, we agreed, all of us, not only did we not turn on the monetization, we also agreed that we were not going to accept sponsorships at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were going to continue to focus on growth and monetizing the programs and staying in our kind of lane and just getting better at our craft, adding more value, getting bigger. And when the time was right, we would go after companies. So most of our partners, uh, or at least 50%, because obviously now we're at a place where, I mean, I'm fielding. 10, 15 partner opportunities almost daily. Like, so they're everybody wow. now they want you, right? When you reach to the, the fitness level that we are now, anything related to fitness and selling, people want us to promote their product. But it didn't start that way. It started off, nobody was reaching out to us. And then a couple people were. And, and that, at the, that, that time, the couple people that were, were people that had kind of small, no-name brands that listened to the podcast, were a fan of what we we're doing, saw Synergy, and it was, and so they'd reach out. And so we turned all that stuff down and said, you know what, I, I don't want to start and devalue our podcast that never had commercial before, start adding all these commercials in just so we can make. And by the way, when you first start off with podcast sponsorship, it's kind of chump change. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. We've, we've been, we know. <laughs> right. And so hey, I, can I, Adam, um, so I hear the garage, my fiance is about to come in. He's going to freak the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just continue. He'll come in. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, so I, I caution podcasters on this is like, do not take on partnerships just to make a couple hundred bucks because you're more than likely, you're more likely to hurt your brand than yeah. to help it. Okay. It, unless this, unless that brand just totally aligns with yours. And even if it totally aligns, like if they're really, really small, they're not going to be able to help you out that much. You're literally just peddling their product for a small commission. I mean, right. that's what you're doing. And so you better love that shit. I mean, you better really <laughs> for real. Yeah. Yeah. And you better believe they have some of the best stuff out there. Right. So, or else there's a better product of what you're peddling and you're never going to go anywhere that way. And you're doing it all for a couple hundred bucks. It's just not, it's yeah, not worth it. Not worth it. So, yeah, that's the first place or the first thing that I would tell. So don't do that. I think that's a big mistake. I think that was one of the things that um, we waited for. And here was a cool strategy. You can still do this, although I, um, I think when we did it, it was really, really new. Um, at this time, I had somebody working for me who was perfect. He was, reminded me of a younger version of myself. What I mean by that was I used to I used to be kind of hip and cool. Like when I was young. You still are, I, Adam. <laughs> Uh, you still got it i love you guys you know? mm-hmm. i'll come on here i'll come on here anytime you want perfect me okay, okay. <laughs> my See you tomorrow. Yeah. so 
I and I, I'm I'm all, I'm wise enough though to recognize that, right? I just yeah. don't have the same time to be reading the, the GQ magazine every day. I mean, right. I did all that stuff. Yeah, I was on the latest music. I was on the latest trends. I was, and I had, so I had a young guy who worked. How for me old that are was you, like, Adam? You want to say hi? I'm going to be 40 in in November. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually. My man, what up, dude? Hey, how you doing, dude? I'm fucking doing great now. I thought it was like sitting up watching you on YouTube, dude. When I got home, yeah, we just community watch now. Yeah, we were just pumping your tires before you came in about how how great you are, man. So the fact that you uh, you introduced the wifey to uh, to mind pump, so it normally happens the other way around. So we were saying that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's what kicked it off, man. I taught her. I was like, dude, full body workouts. You know, you know anything <laughs> like, about this? Know anything? Yeah. Good stuff, man. Oh. What are you guys doing? Are y'all gonna do a podcast? I surprised her. This is her birthday gift. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. How much did he charge? <laughs> Stop it! Get out of here. I'm sending, I'm right. sending, I'm sending the bill afterwards. Don't okay, worry. perfect. Uh, yeah, all, yeah. Right, all right, all right. <laughs> see you guys. Yeah, nice good to see you, man. Yeah, take it easy, man. <laughs> so, yeah, so as far as the the partnership goes, so I had this kid, right? So I had Taylor, who was working for me. I, yeah. You reminded me of a, a younger version of myself, and I was like, this is perfect. And there's another example of what I talked about earlier. Is I built that side of the business with us first. The minute that it started to grow, we started to catch some momentum. I instantly was looking for somebody who had the skill sets that I was looking for to do exactly what I was doing. And what we were doing was we would look for companies that were on their first or second round of funding. So really early on, early on or even on their first seed money like that and, and look for something that aligned with us. And we would look for categories like the, like Viore. We were on Viore before anybody knew what Viore was. And now, you know, Lou loves Viore. (laughs) Yeah. Viore is the shit now. Right. So when we first introduced them to that, we were the first podcast ever talked. We were the first advertising uh, partnership Viore ever had. And it was because we went after them when they were early on, when they first were getting funding and we basically, what we said to them is like, listen, we love, we love what you're doing. Love your brand. We think there's synergy behind us. We'd love to meet. We'd love to do a commercial for you guys. We'll do it for an extremely discounted rate just to show you the type of return that we can do for you. And then we'll talk about a long-term partnership after that. Yeah. So we really had to sell ourselves that we could convert for you. And I knew we could convert if it was stuff that we liked and we aligned with, like, I, and and Viore's the shit, right? So if, once you wear their clothes, you put them on, you see everything, and you understand. And you know Joe, you find out like they're amazing. And so we knew we'd do well with companies like that. So we went after all these companies that were really early on, and we and we pitched them on letting us advertise for them. And we and some I had to do all different prices. Some people I could get a decent rate for. Some people not so good. And I would, I would tell them, let me show you what we can do, the audience that we've built, the loyalty that we have. If I can introduce them to this cool brand, I feel confident that people will enjoy it. So we, we went after the first bit of our partners. And then, and then the next thing that we saw a huge opportunity with partnerships was this. When I listen to Joe Rogan, Fighting the Kid, um, Business Casual, some of my favorite podcasts, all these podcasts I listen to. Everybody does commercials the same way. Yeah. They have what are called either pre-rolls or mid-rolls. And they are a generic red commercial in the first three to five minutes of the podcast or it interrupts the podcast midway. And I got to think that 80% or at least half of the people are just like me. When you you listen to your favorite podcast, you know where the commercials are. Mm -hmm. You just fast forward it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So right away, you have to think, 
50% or more of the audience is, is not even listening to that commercial. Yeah. So I saw this huge opportunity to, if you, if I'm a math person. So, I mean, do the math, double the potential sales revenue just by getting everyone to listen to the commercial. Yeah. So building it in the conversation was the first like real strategy for partnerships was listen, if we only have one or two partners and we don't ever allow more than that in the conversation, we could, and we're all sales guys, we will find a way and we're all partnering with brands that we love, we use, we wear, yeah. then it won't be hard to bring them up in conversation naturally. And mm -hmm. we'll just do that. And then most people will listen to it. Well, that was the first big move that we made and that huge success from that, right? So because of that podcast, even the same size as us, we convert five to six times more than they Incredible. do for, for all partners. So that was the first thing. The second step I saw, a big thing that I saw was this. If you do get to a place where you have enough size and people come and they want to advertise with you, typically this is how it works. Company, so there's normally a broker between the company and you. And they go, hey, your podcast aligns with this brand, Olipop, and this is how much we pay per CPM, which is basically how many thousands of downloads you have. We give you $20. So you're like, okay, I have a few thousand downloads. So, okay, I get $80 a commercial. Okay, you make a deal for 10 commercials. You sign the contract and you go about your business. At the end of the contract, you normally talk to that person again. They go, oh, you know, you guys did a really good job. Let's do another five. Or they go, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Then they move along and they go to another audience and then they never work with you again. So we thought, well, that's really crazy. Like there's no conversation between that. So we hired somebody as soon as we started to make a little more money in that department, we hired somebody that their full-time job is to literally manage partnerships mm -hmm. and they're in direct communication with the company every single week. And their job is to check on our performance on a weekly basis so they can report to me and the guys on Monday and say, hey, Juve is trending kind of low, you guys. So your last commercial you did, maybe it wasn't very good or you didn't explain it very well. And that is our cue to then go out and to talk about it on other platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. So we have these other mediums that we use to help bring awareness to the brand that we're not performing. So when you see us talking about brands, you can kind of guess that's probably what's going on right there is that, oh, they're trying to get more awareness. Now, sometimes it naturally happens. It's not yeah. always, you know, doing that. But a lot of times we want what we didn't want to do, which a lot of people do, is they try and monetize every part of the business. Oh, if you want a podcast mention, that's $200. If you want an Instagram post, that's $50. And they try and monetize every bit for, you know, a few extra bucks. Well, we were like, okay, we are really good at selling the product on the podcast. That's our biggest audience. We're going to charge a premium for that service. And then if we're not delivering, you let us know. And then we'll use all the other mediums to help, to bring help up boost the it up. That's and, <laughs> oh, and, and partners are, were blown away by that. They were like, oh my yeah. God, we've never, I mean, you're, and we're talking about, we work with the same people that work with the Joe Rogans, the fighter kids, these mm -hmm. big podcasts were like, nobody does it like this. Yeah. Like nobody cares. Like no one seems to care about us. They're just curious about getting their money. They talk about it. They're on with it. And we're like, no, if this is a true partnership, which is what we call ours, not sponsorship or advertising, we call yeah. it partnership. Right. We want you to be successful. We want you to care about this relationship as much as we do. If that's the case, then you let us know if something's not performing well, we're going to use our other mediums to help bring those numbers up. So we always deliver. And because of that, we don't, we don't lose anybody. I mean, everybody who's yeah. been partnered with us is years and years that they've, they've either like most everybody that is with us right now is signed all the way into next year. 
That's beautiful. So, That's amazing. Uh, yeah, that was a, I see and, why and they I, call you the closer. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things to talk about because I saw huge opportunity. There's still, by the way, it's so green. There's still not anybody I know that does it the way we do it. And I yeah. try and give that advice to people. And it, and it, it starts with little stuff too. And I do this stuff. Okay. Along partners. Like I learned this, uh, there's a good book I read. I wish I remember the name of it back when I was in my mid twenties. Um, and where I got it from was that you can never, you can never tell somebody they're doing a great job uh, enough. And even if you, they, they did this survey on like people that work for these fortune 500 companies and the people that work for them gave the bosses like a score of 2.5. The bosses scored themselves for 4.5. And the, the, the moral of the whole thing was that even these people who say they are grateful and say you're doing a good job, they, it's never enough for the people. So I, I can never do that enough. That's where this came from. And I used to do this with my staff and I do this with my relationships and business. So I have all of my partners. I have all their, the CEO's numbers. I know most of their, their, their birthdays, things like that. So I have an assistant, her main job, okay, for me is to do literally manage this. So when it got to a place where I could no longer manage this by myself, which was when we started getting to like 50, 100 plus interviews, I had to find someone to help me. Her main job is literally to like be paying attention to all those partners and letting me know, hey, Adam, you know, and by the way, I don't have to do this anymore because she understands her job and she just sends me over. Oh, by the way, we sent flowers to Brooke over in Utah. Oh, by the way, we sent over a box of chocolates. Or oh, by the way, we got Tom Billy a pair of shoes. Like, That's handy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Over, and very, very, very handy and very valuable, right? So people, yeah, right. instead of putting the extra money in my own pocket, I hire and staff somebody to do that. And the partners, we do this for all our partners every year at Christmas. We give our partners, okay, that pay us for advertising, we buy them AirPods. We do like really cool Christmas gifts for everybody. Like we've just, we've, we've managed those relationships. Like we care and we give a fuck and it pays us back tenfold because of it. And I just didn't see anybody else running that side of the business like that. Saw a huge opportunity for it. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. You do bring tremendous value in this conversation. And, and obviously with everything that you're doing, I thank you for coming and hanging out with us. I really, oh my God. Seriously, I, I feel so unprepared, but this was like the best surprise ever. So thank you, Pala. And oh, thank God, you, Pala, no. for being here for your time. And, and thank the guys from us, too, for, for doing what you guys are doing. And you're, you're changing lives. You really are. And I, I know you know it. I appreciate it. And that this is the stuff I like to talk to you guys about. I mean, I love other people that are getting into the same space and, and, and wish you guys all the best and have an open door policy. So when it, especially this stuff, I'm an open book and I, and I can't stand when I meet other successful entrepreneurs that they hold everything so close to like their it's chest. a secret yeah like it's this secret and it's such a it's scarcity mindset is so yeah weird. it's such a disservice yeah it's it, and, and you know and it's a disservice to themselves they don't even right. realize it like when you when you give from a place like that you have you give with abundance abundance comes right back to you right. and so I'm, I'm reading both. the secret right now and that's exactly <laughs> that's what it's all about <laughs> and I live my life that way so like be, I mean and I always tell people like don't be afraid to ask me very direct questions about it. I will tell you because I appreciated that when I met people that are that were that way for me that's how I learned and I can't yeah. stand when somebody plays all coy with me right. because they're trying to hide it you know so well I can't wait to ask you a million more questions <laughs> off the and record there will be, actually, so, and there will be because like, <laughs> I, I just can't thank you enough you're just even cooler than I could have imagined so thank you 
Ah, thank you guys. <laughs> you're you're just as cool as I thought. <laughs> 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 thank you so much, Adam. Too Here's good. Here. Thank oh, you. Okay. Tell the guys we said hi. I will. Thank yep. you guys. All right. Bye, thank Adam. you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HDC community. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Have the Combo. For information on all of our shows, guests, and more, visit htcpod.com. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Talk soon.